Okay, Fader, episode three. Tell me the top five games you used to play in Glasgow. The top five games I used to play in Glasgow. Now let me think. Well, football's number one, obviously. Yep. Um, we had another one called Kick the Can, which was a beer like, like Tig. Yep. Red Car. Red Sir Car. Uh-huh. Um, Kick Door Run Fast. And Pierre K. Pierre K. How about that one? Fantastic. Hey, Senka. You're a Glasgow Generations in the tranny. Welcome back to Glasgow Generations. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but yeah. uh, let's call it a drum roll. It's been a while since the last one, so I'm not yep. sure how your memories. Uh, your memories oh, just as bad as ever, aye. Fantastic. I need probably a big stick occasionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. You glad to be back into it again? Aye, it's. Uh, I actually listened to it again a couple of weeks ago, just after Christmas, and um, surprisingly, uh, it was brilliant. Aye. <laughs> You don't better, say so yourself. Better than I thought. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, I hope we're the only two that's probably listened to it anyway. Well, that's you know. true. Well, to be fair, <laughs> the, we have received uh, a couple of emails for the first time. Good. Um, through the Glasgow Generations at googlemail.com um, and one through the comments box at the Top 10 Glasgow Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Suzanne and Gary from Colorado who Ooh. say that we're planning our first trip to Scotland in the fall. Uh, that's the yes, awesome that's the time. Yeah. Uh, and we're reading Scotland magazine when we came across your website. So we sat in bed and listened to your Christmas podcast this morning. What fun! We're so excited about our trip, and we'll visit your website to get the real skinny on your town. Love your dad. Cheers, <laughs> Suzanne and Gary. <laughs> a fan of last. Oh they goodness. must have been drunk. Yeah, yeah. They must have been. Bit of Christmas wine. That's right. Um, and also from a Joe McKay um, uh, from Birmingham. McKay, McKay. Okay. Uh, could be, could be. Um, great to hear some uh, stories from old Glasgow. I've been investigating my family's roots in Garngad, uh-huh. which is now Royston, and yeah. it was good to hear about Old Parley Road, which I used to know very well indeed. Uh-huh. A lot of my family comes from, from around Villiers Street and Bright Street, uh, and much like Charlie's own Black Street, most of the area, I understand, has disappeared. Uh, Garngad was part of the slum clearances after the war, and most of my family was relocated. Keep up the great work. Very good. Do you remember... Um, Garn Gad. I, I do. Um, yeah, Garn Gad. And my dad actually, his family were brought up in the Garn, the Garn Gad, as they used to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, gone and now, as the guy said. Well, um, I just noticed it's Royston, and that's that's. I don't. I, I, I don't know about that, uh, but the Garn Gad is that sort of kind of north end, of Springburn area mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, the only sort of people I knew, apart from my dad and his family, came originally from the Garn Gad, was uh, a school pal of mine, Jerry Clark, mm-hmm. who's in one of the photos. Uh, the St Mungus oh, thing right, yeah. uh-huh. um, he lived up in the Garn Gad and uh, we used to go up and see lunch times in school and up up there and have a lunch up there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the street you mentioned yeah, Villiers Street Villiers uh, Street and Bright Street Bright Street no I, I don't know what I mean it was an area I didn't know particularly well I mean from from Townhead to get to Garn Gad mm-hmm. it may be walking it maybe take you about 20 minutes or so like that. And in yep. the old days, some cars used to run up there as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then later the trolley buses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not an area that I was 
sort of frequented or was familiar that yeah. way, uh-huh. not at all, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, aye, it was up the sort of Springburn area where the, as I think city the other day there, but the Red Road Flats, you know. The, That's right, yep. Uh-huh. There's three of these skyscrapers. They'll soon disappear themselves, yep. They're getting demolished mm-hmm. sometime this year, I think, and um, mm-hmm. all the remains, they'll have to move somewhere else now, you know. <laughs> That's right. Eastern Europeans live in there, I think. <clears throat> and he uh, also mentioned Parley Road, which you were talking about aye, last time old as well. Parliamentary Road, aye, That's aye. Right. An extension of... of Tail end, I think I said to you in the last one, mm-hmm. you finished Sucky Hall Street and then Parley Road took you right up to Townhead, yep. Cas- right up to Castle Street where the, the Royal Infirmary mm-hmm. was on the right hand side and still there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Parley Road was, was all full of tenements and then you'd sort of edge off that up to maybe like Kennedy Street, Lister Street, Glebe Street uh-huh. and uh-huh. they all took you up to the top end, Baird Street, mm-hmm. which I mentioned mm-hmm. before, which runs parallel to the Parley Road, but all gone. Yeah. When they made the flyover, mm-hmm. um, and uh, whenever it was, the late 60s. Disappearing in the. Aye, aye, with a lot of good memories, and um, <laughs> aye, aye, the old, the old history of Glasgow has disappeared, you know. Uh-huh. But the new sort of Phoenix arises, and you get a new Glasgow now. That's right, is it better or is it worse? Is it better well, than back in the day? Well, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. some would say, aye. But you mentioned, obviously, um, we're going to start talking about games, the, the oh, street right. games you used uh-huh. to play, and. Yeah. Back in the, the 40s and 50s as uh-huh. you were growing up. Do you remember what kind of things you used to do? Oh, God, many games. Because, uh, I mean, I think I said to you before, um, you didn't have television and um, you didn't have computers and IP3s and IP3s, whatever else. Yep. Is that what they call them? IP3s, <laughs> MSGs and God That's the one, yep. Um, so you made your own entertainment and, um, you know, the kids, the boys anyway... So I always mucked about. Mm-hmm. You various wee games. I mean, there's one I remember was called Kick the Can. Kick the Can. Right. I'd imagine I know what that, what that is, but <laughs> it was kind of dark. It was like like Tigger, I suppose. Um, you know what Tigger's? Uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And what we used to do is we used to stand in Black Street, and you look right down the bottom of Black Street towards where the Parlour Road was, and when you saw a tram car running by, mm-hmm. going by, I'd have gone up towards Cleve Street, I'd gone down into the bottom end of the town. Yep. Um, somebody was nominated to kick the can. It was just a, at an the, old... At the tram car? No, no, at the <laughs> tram That was about 300 yards away, you know. Um, no, you, you were at the top end of Black Sea and one of the guys would kick the can mm-hmm. and everybody else would scatter. Right. And you hide up the closes and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a former tig, I suppose, uh-huh, and you went uh-huh. round chasing to get him. And whoever first was caught, he'd kick the can the next time and then go... All right, okay, yep, uh-huh. Yeah, that. Um, and it's one I was t- <laughs> one I was telling you about earlier on. It must have been wee tow rags at times. But one of the favourite ones we used to do was you used to go up a stairhead. Um, and I was hinting said before, you ground floor, first floor, second floor. In the tenements. In the tenements, yeah, side. Uh-huh. And what we'd do, we'd go up to the very top top landing, and in each landing there was always three three houses. Uh-huh. Two facing each other and one in the middle. And what we used to do as kids, we used to get an old rope, an old skipping rope or a piece of string, uh-huh. and tie it to the door handle, uh, the two doors facing each other. Okay. Um, so it was kind of stretched right across. Yep. Uh-huh. And then we chap both doors at the same time. <laughs> and you hear the neighbours couldn't get their door open because the other door was... And he, then you find, well, it was the kids that were doing That's it. Is that you, Docker? Docker to you. <laughs> Tell your father, you know. Because we would scamper down the stairs. Um, things like that. Um, so in, in that situation, as you scampered down the stairs, did they just stay in their flats for the rest of their lives? Well, <laughs> I mean, eventually, obviously, I mean... One of them would always like, because they knew who it was, mm-hmm. they'd just tug it, tug it open, yep. and like, you know, you just dodged them for a couple of days and took <laughs> kids, you know. Um, so we said that. Um, the other one we had playing up the stairs again was called Kick Door Run Fast. 
And yep. uh, what we used to do then was, um, again, there was maybe a kid at the top landing, one in the second landing, one in the first landing, and one in the, the okay. ground floor. Uh-huh. And at the same time, somebody'd shout for the, the ground up, right? And we'd all bang a door, uh-huh. you know, in each, each landing. Okay, yep. So obviously the guy on the ground floor and the guy on the first floor, they could get away quick. Uh-huh. But by the time the guy from the third floor was coming down, the, the second landing <laughs> door would open, or the first door would get caught. Uh-huh. And the, the idea was to get down the stairs before the neighbours opened their doors yep. and you got out the clothes, uh-huh. sort of thing. So that was kick door run So fast. presumably you would have to decide who was the one that oh, was on the top floor. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, they took their turns, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously the guy was on the ground floor. Um, the next time round, he'd be up the, yep. up the next close, uh-huh. he'd be up the top. But these were daft wee things that you did as a kid because that's that was your entertainment. Uh-huh. And uh, you used to get you shouted. You have a bit of a death wish or <laughs> 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 wanted well, to get scalped. There was an element of that sometimes, and you always it was the same old walk, right? I'll tell your father when I see him, sort of thing, you know. And that obviously worked. Sometimes it did, yeah, you know, uh-huh. and your father would be ticking off now, you know, and maybe a clip around the ear or something, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, that was another one. Um, of course, the classic one was playing football. Yeah, well, we were talking about that the, the 1967 program we saw the other day. There, I agree, and I watched the other program the other night. Kids played in the tournaments for aye. The whole um, day. You played. I mean, in the summer holidays, school holidays, which always seemed to be brilliant weather. Mm. Always, you know, tar melting in the streets, and you used to play with the tar with your fingers and things like that. <laughs> but um, you play football in the back courts virtually all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, at dinner time, at lunch time, you know, you didn't go upstairs for your lunch. You just yep. shouted up at the windy mm-hmm. to your mother to throw you down a piece. A piece? A piece. Ah, yeah, a sandwich. And explain that to our American listeners. The chap from Colorado, a piece is a sandwich. Uh-huh. And you shout up, and say, we lived in the second floor, and you were in the back, the back courts, um, which was great for playing football. Yep. And you shout up, Mammy, as you used to call your mother, Mammy. Mm-hmm. He's a piece. And you know, mm-hmm. it's... You hear a lot of that, these are all these peace. Uh-huh. It's a derivation of that. Uh-huh. And she'd wrap, she'd make up a sandwich. Like probably just a jam sandwich or a butter sandwich. A jelly piece. A jelly piece. Uh-huh. Wrap it up in a bit of uh, waxy paper, which usually came off the loaf. Mm-hmm. And just chucked it out the window. <laughs> two flights down. Right. And right. half the time, you know, it splatter open. But the kids, you, you just eat, picked up. Eat it off the street. Eat it off the street. The deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> You just went to the way and back to the football again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, obviously you went up at tea time, you up for your dinner, whatever that was. And after that, you were back down the stairs and you were playing on the summer nights about 11 o'clock, not 11, 10 o'clock at night, uh-huh. so you were called upstairs to get to your bed. And you were playing in the dark and all the kids were playing football. And you, uh-huh. in those days, you know, it's, it's, you know, you've got to thought about kids playing football these days, apart from the talented ones. The ball was always at your feet. Yep. You know? Um, and you learned how to dribble and go by that. So that was a... That was a good way of spending their time, was, was playing football. And then in the summer holidays, um, when the schools were shut, Kennedy Street School, uh-huh. sort of kind of, from our, our kitchen window, uh-huh. um, where all the back courts were, you could look into the Kennedy Street School, which was maybe about 70 or 80 yards away. Uh-huh. There was a big sort of wire mesh. There was all the, the wash houses, right. like in a, a big square, which went right Black Street, Bear Street, Glee Street, uh-huh. type of thing. And the wash houses were in the back courts, on top of that, they had sort of, kind of, it was like fencing wire meshing, which went up to about 30 odd feet up. Mm-hmm. And it was, Chris, you know, a crisscross wire you get. Yep. And the boys used to sort of climb up over this 30 foot. 30 foot. 30 foot. <laughs> I could you know it. Uh-huh. Probably even higher. Go over the other side because inside was the kind of receipt school. Okay, they just cut a hole in it. <laughs> but, well, that did happen eventually and you were able to yeah. crawl through. But uh, you did that every night. And um, 
the pitch was actually it was a dust pitch, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the kids see school, which was a primary school. Um, in the summer, the kids were all away. Kind of like red, bra- red blaze. Oh no, it wasn't No, it was just dust. Right. Actually, like, like stir as they call it. <laughs> stir for your Colorado trap. It's stir is dust. Okay. Dry dust. <laughs> It was great because you could put sliding tackles in and you uh-huh, just uh-huh. picked up again. You used to play wee cars and things like that, but that's another story. Uh-huh. And you'd climb over these fences and you'd play football in there. Yep. And you'd, I mean, there'd be 20 guys there. Mm-hmm. And the usual thing, it still happens these days to a degree, you'd be lined up in a, a row. Mm-hmm. And the best footballer was the captain. They yep. won teams, likewise the other so team. So that would be yourself, obviously, yeah. Just about. <laughs> and they'd pick, you know, right, have you, and then I'll have you, and have you, and they're, the wee fat guy or the guy who couldn't play. <laughs> guy with the specs. He, yep. went in, he went in goal, you know. Uh-huh. And he was the last to get picked. And um, you'd play for hours. Uh-huh. Um, actually, two of, the, two of the guys that I used to play with uh, both got signed up. I always remember it. Uh, a big fella called Ian Orr. He got signed up by Aston Villa. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. He was a goalkeeper. Uh-huh. Um, but so he was one of the fat kids that got picked last. <laughs> 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 no, he was actually, he was not a bad actually, he was very tall and skinny. Uh-huh. Um, two sisters that were twins, I forget what they were called, the other twins. Um, but he got sort of kind of watched by, because he, he used to play in Glasgow Green mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. his school. Uh-huh. Uh, he was at the, the Protestant school. Yep. Um, and he got signed up by Aston Villa, probably in his late teens. Uh-huh. Um, but when Aston Villa wasn't a, as big a team as they were now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and there was another fella, um, I can't remember his name, it was it Jim Thompson. I think it was Jim Thompson. Um, he got signed up by an English team, but he came back very quickly. I think uh-huh. he must have been homesick or something like that. Uh-huh. But Ian, you know her. Oh, that's um, what he probably said. He was homesick. He just... Ah, well, it wasn't a case uh, he didn't, didn't get picked. Picked. Or anything. Yeah. He didn't get, <laughs> uh, you never picked me, so I'm going back up the road again, you know. Yeah. Um, but we had a lot of good players. And Jim Thompson um, played in the wing. I played in the centre. And Jim could just... Kind of, Put a ball over into my head, yep. straight into the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that was a, a another way of spending all your time, mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. of weekends and things like that. Plenty. In the kind of the seat school in the summer nights, as I said, we, we could play there for three or four hours. Uh-huh. Uh, you could have 25, 24, the score line, because the goal's <laughs> going in left and <laughs> centre. Right. But one of the things we used to get was there was two police, um, bobbies, constables. I was going to say that, surely so you'd get caught at some point. Yeah. yeah. What they used to do was there was a, one guy. It was, he was called Limpy Dan. <laughs> Limpy he obviously Dan. He had a limp. I would imagine so. Um, <laughs> where he got the limp is, I don't know. But um, uh-huh. I always had a moustache. I always remember it. <laughs> but what they used to do, him and his, his, his pal, I can't remember his name. They'd go up into Bear Street, up one of the closes in Bear Street. Yeah. Again, which looked into the pitch. Uh-huh. Um, if you can imagine a square, you had to say Black Street or the tenements here. And then that way, it was Bear Street, uh-huh. and then that way it was Glebe Street. Yep. Uh-huh. It was a sort of kind of square, and that, they all looked into the kind of street pitch. Okay. And what they would do is they'd go up to the first or the second landing, open the window, uh-huh. when we're halfway through a game, and blow their whistle. Because <laughs> sh- they knew us all, you know, yep. Doherty, Thompson, Ash. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and of course, everybody's scattering, because you had to climb over this. That's right, before they got down. Yeah. Go this. And they'd stand there killing themselves laughing at us. Because, <laughs> you know, in those days, if you get caught, they'd clip you in the ear. Yeah, that's they it. Dare they do now. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. On your way, Docker, to your Ash, your Thompson, or I'll tell your father. I'll tell your father. <laughs> Don't let me hit you again, but uh-huh. two nights later, we're back upstairs again. That's right. I think they just passed their time, to exactly, be quite honest yeah. with you. Uh-huh. Um, and you could see them laughing. It's not as if there was any other crime in Glasgow. You know? No, certainly not. <laughs> certainly not in town head anyway. But that was that was playing in the air anyway. Um, I think you mentioned the, the Geely pieces getting thrown down. Do you remember the song? 
Oh my, aye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked down the, the lyrics again because I vaguely remember. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the, you got the words here. I've got I've got the the, the li- lyrics you? here. Yeah. Well, you can't find pieces at a twenty-story flat. That's right. That's it. Yeah. What is it? Um, Seven hundred hungry wains will testify to that. Yeah. If it's butter, cheese, or jelly, if the breed is plain or pan, the odds against it reaching earth are ninety-nine to one. That's right. Because say they come down and in those days you get you got what they called. I don't. You probably still have it. Pan bread and uh, was it pan bread and plain bread? I one made in the pan and one. Uh, well, I don't know what the difference. One, <laughs> one of them was was longer and uh-huh. thicker, and I used to love that. Uh-huh. Um, but they were kind of waxy. It was wrapped in kind of waxy paper, mm-hmm. and invariably that's what the mothers used to wrap yep. their pieces in. Mm-hmm. But of course, by the time they hit the floor, mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. flights down or three flights down, it burst open. Yep. And uh, you you know the paper would be there, and hundreds of kids scampering. <laughs> Your piece would be like four feet away, you know. Um, but that you used to get that, and as I said, just talking about that, um, another thing with things chucking things out the windows uh-huh. in the summer nights. What you used to always get was street singers, okay. And this was like a wee men come run and they'd come into the back courts uh-huh. and just stand in the back court and start singing a song like buskers. Well, why they didn't have any musical instruments or anything, right, yeah. they just stood and sang and sang songs. and the parents would maybe wrap up maybe a couple of pennies uh-huh. in a wee bit of paper, chuck it down to them, and they go around the courts uh-huh. singing these songs. And yeah, they're obviously different ten minutes they, they go to. So it wasn't just drunkards just uh... no 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 no. <laughs> I was just guy obviously probably looking for some cash. Yeah, yeah you know, uh-huh. um, for my begging to a degree, I suppose, but mm-hmm. not really. And mm-hmm. nobody disparaged them or anything like that. Sure. Um, because some of them were really good singers, mm-hmm. apart from mm-hmm. the ones with their hand in the ear, like, you know, they're all, they're all, they're And they were kind of regular accounts. Uh-huh. Um, and the kids used to just carry on playing football or whatever they were doing. Yep. And the mothers, if it was a good singer... You didn't couple, try and catch the money, was it? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> a couple of pennies out the window and a wee bit of paper. And uh-huh. They'd always acknowledge it, you know, we sort of wave up. Yep. Off he went for the next, you know, maybe the next week back again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so you had that. Uh-huh. Um... Any other things in there playing on the streets? Something about Hoganfield Loch you'd mentioned? Oh, Hoganfield Loch, aye. Well, Hoganfield Loch. Hoganfield Loch is, um, for those that don't know, you'd go along, from Town Hedge, you'd go along Alexander Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd turn left up the Cumberland Road. Mm-hmm. To the very end of Alexander Parade, where Alexander Park is, mm-hmm. the right-hand side was sort of um, Ridge Rain, and you're heading on towards Carntine. Barry Hill. further along the end of the road. Uh-huh. But you go up the, the Cumberland Road, which stretched right up, and it by St Thomas's Church where me and Mum got married. Yep, uh-huh. Carry straight right on over there, up into the steps road, and you reach Hugging Fuel Loch. Uh-huh. And it was like a big loch, obviously. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, yeah. And you had to be a uh, paddling boats you could hire, although we never could afford to do that sort of thing, and uh-huh. various swans in it. Uh-huh. But on the left-hand side, if you took a road up up here, there was the rhubarb fields. Mm-hmm. And what we used to do, I mean, to go to Hugging Fuel Loch was like a felt like a day trip to us. Right. Um, so you'd maybe get your pennies off your mum or your dad and you get the tram car. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you had to walk it all the way. Well, that's just the weekend or just at summer? Just in summer holidays. Yeah. No. You know, and it, it was like a, a day trip to the seaside for us because uh-huh. it seemed far away. Same as going to Alexander Park. Uh-huh. It was the same because I had a pond as well where you, had, you could go in and you had the wee boats. There was always kids getting fun and nearly getting drowned what have you. Yeah, but that was just a laugh. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I remember two or three times seeing kids actually floundering and uh-huh. parents lying in the sun, you know, just looking up <laughs> and straight into the water and pulling these kids out of the water. 
But the Huggerfield Lock one was we'd, we'd turn left and go up over the rhubarb fields. Um, and of course, you'd climb over the rhubarb fields. Obviously. Pinching all this rhubarb. Did you ever go anywhere you weren't, you, you weren't actually allowed? Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the fun, I suppose. You used to stick about a dozen rhubarb stalks up your jersey. Back down the road again before the farmer saw us, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and of course, you come back and you used to ask your mum for a bag of sugar or a poke of sugar. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you cut the stalk off and used to dip the rhubarb into the sugar uh-huh. and that was it um, but in going to these trips to Alexander Park or to Huggerfield Loch I mentioned before Sugar Ollie Water sugar, it's called Sugar Ollie Water Sugar Ollie Water Sugar Ollie yeah, Water uh-huh. don't ask me how it's derivated <laughs> but basically what, what you did was in those days you could go into the wee Swedish shop and buy wee strips about maybe three inches long of licorice mm-hmm. maybe about a quarter of an inch wide or whatever that is centimetres yep and about three inches long, and you'd maybe buy four or five sticks of licorice, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you get an old ginger ball, a lemonade ball for the English. <laughs> um, and what you would do is you would cut up the the licorice, which was stiff, yep. it's hard. Uh-huh. Cut that up, put it in the lemonade bottle, uh, fill it up with water, uh-huh. give it a good old shake, and you put it under your bed. Okay. And the next day you'd pick it back out again, and of course the licorice would sort of dissolve eventually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was what they called sugar oily water. It was black. And you <laughs> great laxative, you know. <laughs> and, that, and that was, you know, you get your, your, your pieces off your mum to go up to the park or to Huggerfield Lock, and you, your, bottle, your ginger bottles, they called them then, because uh-huh, in those uh-huh. days you'd get money back when you handed your, your ginger bottles in. Yep. It was always Tuttons, I'll remember, and up to Thruttons. Handing the empties back, uh-huh. and you would you would often the tram with your bottle of sugar, oily water, and your, your presumably pieces. just tasted just like licorice. Oh, just, it's like weak licorice. I saw in the, the Peter Kay thing in TV the other night. There, I was talking about when he was a kid, uh-huh. and what the wee girls used to do is his rose petal perfume they used to make, yep. uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they get rose petals, uh-huh. put it in a lemonade bottle, and fill it up with water, that's shake right, it yeah. up, uh-huh. and then try to sell it as. <laughs> what we did is a laugh you know and uh-huh, um, uh-huh. of course everybody used to drink it you know and that was it that was your day out your day trip mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. to Huggenfield Lock or the Alexander Park and uh, you come back at night time tea time for your dinner uh-huh, and that uh-huh. was another way of passing your time away you know that's right um, sounds ideal <laughs> well that was what you did at the time you know uh-huh. um, and the Baird Street Sawmills the Baird Street Sawmills well I think I told you before at the very top of Black Street where we lived so perpendicular to that ran along Bear Street mm-hmm. and Bear Street started at the right hand side at the top end of where Glebe Street was mm-hmm. ran right along the way right down eventually down to Dobie's Lawn and my understanding I think the police station's at Bear Street now yes um, parallel to us Black Street was Lister Street mm-hmm. where the bowling green was and I used to play bowls as well as a boy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Bear Street um, on the other side um, opposite VD Hospital <laughs> if anybody listened to the last episode um, it was the sawmills and it was a great place for playing because you'd climb over the wall uh-huh. and of course there was thousands of plants that, you know, we pass any sawmills these days. Uh-huh. And what we used to do is just be, climb over the wall and you'd always make a den. Right. It's the guys that used to run the place knew what were doing it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Invariably, just goes out the window, yeah. Invariably it was a Saturday and a Sunday when the sawmills were shut. Yeah. And then you'd climb over there and maybe a Sunday afternoon if you, after you'd been playing rounders or something like that. Say, right, bring a few of the planks of wood over and uh-huh, create uh-huh. a den type of thing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and we used to play in there and cut all bits of wood and break bits of wood and do this and that way, sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and that was just another way of, I mean, kids always then wanted to make dens. Yep. Uh-huh. One of the things we used to do in the, t- in the, in the sort of kind of back courts, we used to get what they called pat sheets. Pat sheets? Aye, oh, it's like old 
probably the best way to describe it is like Hessian sacks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it might be maybe about three feet long, maybe about maybe, oh, two feet wide. Yep. And what you do is you rip them down the side and open them all out. Uh-huh. And then you get nails that you pinch from the sawmills uh-huh. and you'd sort of sew them together. Okay. And you'd create a den, what you used to, used to build it against the sides of the, the wash houses, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, which were defunct because they, they'd stopped using them. Sure. And you make a den out of this, it maybe be about seven feet by six feet uh-huh. in, that, in a corner. And that was a boy's den, uh-huh. you know. And um, What did you do in the den? Just well, <laughs> better not tell you yeah, that. It's not an explicit podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not explicit. Um, or sometimes we used to go up the, walk up and down the pavements and pick up cigarette douts, cigarette stubs. Uh-huh. And uh, this one we were about ten. And um, you'd pick all these cigarette ends up. And one of the boys, uh, Lenny Thompson... He'd his grandfather's pipe, mm-hmm. an old pipe that he had. And we used to do, we used to get cigarettes, because there was no no filters in those days. It was uh-huh. just straight tobacco. Okay, yeah. One into uh-huh. the other. And you got all these fag ends and put all this tobacco into the grandfather's pipe. <laughs> it was one of these Sherlock Holmes pipes. That's right, yeah. Put it in and we go up a close and light it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you six or seven kids, about ten just year old, puffing this smoke pipe. coming out everywhere, yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, it's how kids get these stories, I mean, the, th- the thing was, you know, to prevent your mum and dad knowing that you'd been smoking, uh-huh. and say, we were about 10 or 11 at the time, uh-huh. which was taboo, um, somebody had the right idea, and we don't know where it emanated from, is it? If you chewed a tram car ticket, uh-huh. or a bus ticket, if you chewed that, which was just made of paper, yep, uh-huh. nobody would be able to take your... <laughs> Detect a smell of smoke in your breath. That's well thought out, yeah. Right. So, of course, after we were playing at night, I used to come up about half eight or nine o'clock at night and my dad, right into the room, get your piano practice done. Uh-huh. Been there for about half an hour or so. Uh-huh. And invariably, I'm doing all my practice and, and then I used to shout into my mum. Yep. Because my dad would never come through. Uh-huh. Come and listen to what I'm doing, sort of uh-huh. thing, you know. And I always remember one time sitting there, playing away, whatever it was, Greg Sinatra or something. And I went, You've been smoking? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that chair, that tram car ticket doesn't work. You better not do it again, I'll tell your father, sort of thing, you know? <laughs> but I was, used to chew these bus tickets thinking uh, nobody will find out. That's right, yes. You know? but, uh, that was another thing, anyway. And I think you, you mentioned Lister Street there. Aye, uh, Lister Street was, um, again, parallel to Black Street. I said you had Glyde Street, and then I suppose running to it was, was parallel to that was Black Street, and then there was Lister Street. People listening to this are just going to have a perfect regulation of it. The trouble is, you can't even Google into that now because I don't even know if you can be able to That's find right, that. I don't know if you can. Well, I don't maybe in maps back history in the day, or but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Lister Street ran parallel to us, and um, what you had at the top end of Lister Street was a bowling green. Mm-hmm. And as I said, right up to I was about 12 before we moved to Queensley, I used to play the balls the summer nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two or three of the boys did. Um, and you get a game of bowls with the old guys, and it was quite good. And again, for the American listeners, that's not 10 pin bowling. No, no, it'd be grass bowls. <laughs> well, uh-huh. right, do they have an America? I don't know. I don't know. They might do. Right. Email in, let us know. Grass <laughs> bowls. Um, and you play a few ends there, type of thing. But uh-huh. down at the bottom of Lister Street was the British Road Services. Right. Right? It was kind of depot for lorries. Uh-huh. And these were big lorries that transported things from A to B, uh-huh. type of thing. Uh-huh. And of course, as a mecca for kids to play and what we used to do was, was catch hudgies what, catch hudgies okay uh, this was when you, you'd stand down at the bottom of Lister Street um, and you'd see a lorry coming again at night time this was uh-huh. obviously you see a lorry coming in heading in for the depot and what you would do is the lorry's obviously slowing down uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and a big big massive things these big arctic things yep and what you used to do you used to jump on the back of them and grab onto the door or the ropes 
and that was catching a hudgy. Sounds safe, yeah. And you got <laughs> you hang you held on until you got to the door of the depot when the lorry was inside uh-huh. and you drop off then. Uh-huh. Um or conversely, as the lorry was coming out to go and deliver something. That was uh-huh. a dangerous one because he was gathering up speed. Uh-huh. And you could have three kids hanging out in the back of a piece of rope. <laughs> Bombing down, you know, and heading towards Parley Road. Reminds me of uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2. Well, <laughs> and it, death-defying at times, because uh-huh. sometimes, I mean, there's a couple of times kids would fall off and you kneel them under the wheels, because you'd sometimes hang on the sides uh-huh, uh-huh. as well. And the lorry drivers half the time couldn't see you. They knew the kids all used to catch hudgies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know where the hudgy bit comes from. The only thing I was thinking about the other day is, huge maybe. Huge. Because the lorries were huge. Yeah, catch a huge. Ah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh-huh. They were always called catching hudgies. Uh-huh. And uh, that was that was an early entertainment. You know, <laughs> put your life in your hands. Just you. the, yeah. But you're more afraid than you know you were doing. Well, I don't think they knew you were doing it because if they did, they'd have a, uh-huh. Uh-huh. a hairy fit. You know. Uh, um, there was also dreeping, dreeping enough dikes. Is that dreeping enough dikes? Well, the dikes were the the wash houses. Uh-huh. Um, because before they started the steam I'll maybe talk to you about the steam later on. Uh-huh. The steamies. Um, in the back courts, you had the wash houses, and basically they were sort of kind of brick built sort of wash houses. They were maybe about six feet high, uh-huh, and uh-huh. inside it, there was a door inside it, um, there was a massive big boiler. Yep. And the, the mothers, obviously, you could down and they'd put all their washing into this big boiler thing, and they'd had the, the washboard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, the open nails. Weeze me washboard. Skiffle days. Yep. Uh-huh. That's another thing to do the sex of the skiffling. Uh-huh. Lonnie Donegan, what have you. That's it. Um, and as I said, on top of the, these, these were called the dikes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They were called the wash houses. Uh-huh. And again, the, the boys, never the girls, used to jump the dikes. Yep. You know, because, you know, there'd be gaps between them. Uh-huh. And um, there was various dikes, they all had their names. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you'd sort of say, right, okay, I can do that one. And sometimes if it was kind of like a triple jump, you're going from. The, the roof of the, the dikes were maybe, mostly maybe about, I would say maybe six feet long, maybe eight feet uh-huh. long. Uh-huh. Cement, and what you would do is you would run along that one, yep. and you'd jump over the next one, and you could maybe talk about maybe seven or eight feet away, uh-huh, uh-huh. run on the next one, uh-huh. and you would go right up to the end of, towards beer. I mean, boy, that's quite a distance. <laughs> well, what you used to do is before you actually did it up in the air, because uh-huh. you were say you were about six eight feet up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, if there was one you weren't even sure of, you were able to do the length. You used to do it in the ground. So you used to what measure out. Yep. And there was two or three dikes. There was one we called the three soldiers. Um, and you had to wait till you were a bit bigger and you could see kids all the time running on the ground uh-huh. trying to see if they could and then it, maybe I could make it this time now you know and uh-huh. it's still the first one because at the bottom what you had was the middens uh-huh. the bins the bins the uh-huh. dustbins and they were just sort of big big dustbins yeah, whatever uh-huh. they went in and it's still the first time you see a kid try to make the, the next <laughs> I'm going to make it I'm going to make it bang <laughs> straight in among the dustbins you know Um didn't bother. Uh-huh. Up you went. That's it. Scraped um, them off. That's it. I remember I got my, myself caught money on one time. I fell off, and um, there was a big six-inch nail sticking through one of the doors. They were defunct at this time. I mean, they weren't getting used by the mothers. Uh-huh. And uh, I've still got the scar. Actually, you can't see it there. Just a wee. Uh-huh. The nail went right through my finger. Yikes. And I was stuck to the door like that, <laughs> shouting up to him, "Mommy!" <laughs> and some I'm stuck to the down. door. <laughs> Pulled my finger out, up to the royal and uh-huh, I know uh-huh. nail right through it. Um but that was the dikes and you'd maybe go down to like Kennedy Street uh-huh. because you say, Well oh, the real good dikes down there. Yep. And it was a dare and do, mm-hmm. you know. 
some of the kids, oh, I'm not doing that one. I'm not ready for that. Yeah, think about, I mean, if that's if you're talking, I mean, you think about the athletics and the long jump. I should any year. We must have been really good back in the day well, in the Olympics. Right. <laughs> um, and dangerous as well because they say they were about eight feet high. Uh-huh. Well, it seemed eight feet, maybe maybe six feet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they were certainly tall to a kid. Uh-huh. Um, and going from one to the other, and there was one down in the kennel seat when it was. I think it was called the. Was it three soldiers? Something like that. Mm-hmm. But in the. You ran from a dike, but in the, in the middle one was a wall where about maybe eight inches wide. Yep. Uh-huh. You had this logistic step on that to uh-huh. go into uh-huh. the one. And that was the most dangerous one of the lot, and people yeah, were always falling off of uh-huh. that, you uh-huh. know. Um, but these were things that you did. That was your entertainment yep. as a uh-huh. kid, you know. You weren't playing with computers and watching telly. That's sort right. Of thing, you know. The telly was introduced. Halcyon days. Halcyon days, aye. <laughs> and we'll talk about them more, I think, uh, in the next occasion as well. I don't aye. know what we'll talk about next time, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe even the... the I know, I've talked about the steamy. We'll, t- the steamy. we'll, we'll do that next time. We'll split it into two, because I think right. you were also going to talk about your uh, punch or kiss. Oh, uh, Pierre encounters K. with uh, Pierre aye, K. Aye, that was... Girls, uh, but, uh, maybe just nearly approaching puberty, that would be... Well, uh, yeah, exactly. On, on that note, I think... <laughs> Here a key, That's yeah, it. We'll talk about that in the next time. Uh, but as I say, if you email in, if you've got any memories yourself of Glasgow, it's glasgowgenerations at googlemail.com. And again, there's a comments box at the top 10 Glasgow guide. So until the next time, see you later. Bye bye. Oh, Senga, you've missed that again.